All right, welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. My name is Michelle, the true crime obsessed dog mom with Rory. You'll hear him at some point during this episode because he had a little bit of a zoomy attack in the background and I'm not editing it out. Um, but uh, I, this is me recording after the episode. I got into one of the kind of spooky stories, so it might sound a little weird. One spooky story and I started researching a gang that was related to it and it kind of got out of hand. I pre-apologize. It got a little weird, but it's kind of fun. So we're going to talk about the Purple Gang and the Doucher Hotel Haunting. Without further ado, let's go. All right. A little bit of a short intro music there because uh, I talked way too much, but regardless, whatever. Uh, so yeah, so I, said, I think I said spooky stories. It's actually going to be like creepy, haunted places here in Michigan where I'm from. Um, and if you don't know where Michigan is, if you're not outside, if you're outside the United States, which I know we have a lot of people that do listen outside the United States. If you look at a map and you look at the, of the United States and you f see the one that looks like a hand, we are America's high five. So that's us in Michigan. We have two peninsulas. We have a lower peninsula and an upper peninsula. So the upper peninsula got like 18 inches of snow last week so that's that's us <laughs> uh but there's a lot of different like little haunted places in michigan um some of which i i haven't personally visited but like i've driven by or i i know of so it's all kind of very interesting as far as lifey things um nothing to i mean thursday unfortunately was the burial of the ashes for the baby that we lost back in July. Uh, it, it was a common cremation, so there were several other couples and families there that had also suffered a loss. So it was it was hard, um, but I think that it kind of brought me a little bit of closure. Uh, still sad. Uh, there's a piece of me that will always feel sad, but I think I'm doing better um, regardless. So. We're happy that we continue to go along this journey together with you, with my husband, with my family, and you know, hopefully we'll have good news here um, in 2023. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mr. Rory is doing good. He had a bath yesterday because my father-in-law had put some like weed killer down and Rory, like, if you have a dog, you know, they like to roll in, like, literal shit sometimes because apparently it smells good. This, he rolled in, like, the weed killer. I wasn't home, of course, because uh, I probably would have flipped my, flipped out. Uh, but thankfully, Gary was home and he got him in the bath and, and took care of it for me. But I was like, jeez Louise, I <laughs> had this dog sometimes. But we love him uh and he will uh later today i'm gonna go to the gym um i wasn't going to but i kind of decided i've been reading at the gym and if you saw on my uh tiktok i started a book talk and uh it's called a, a bit of this and that books on tiktok if you want to check it out but essentially i'm just going to be like doing little reviews of books and I'm really excited. I already did a book review. I should be able to do another book review. This relates me to going to the gym because I read at the gym. So I'm going to go for like an hour and a half later. 
which isn't, isn't terrible as far as cardio. And I'll finish up my book and we'll do another review um, this evening. And then I have some leaves to do outside. So I'm sure the doggy will like being outside. He just likes being outside. Like he doesn't have to be doing anything or playing. He literally, I think, just likes smelling the air and hunting squirrels and doing his best, living his best life outside with me. Um, and then he starts eating grass and then I get mad and then he goes in the house. So, uh, but yeah, so kind of crazy. These are not like things I really had to research that much. One, I'm not feeling like a hundred percent today. My stomach's been bothering me a little bit. So I'm like a little bit nauseous. Uh, so, um, not pregnant by the way, no assumptions here. Um, but so these are just things that I kind of found and I looked up and I'll make sure that I kind of put where I got them from, uh, in the source materials. But regardless, let's go look at some spooky places in Michigan. First up, we are going to do the Dowtry Hotel in Clare, Michigan, which is in mid-Michigan. I've driven by this hotel a million times. I went to school in mid-Michigan and we I had like a mid-tier. So essentially, was it called mid-tier? I don't know. I did something tutoring in a school in that area and we had drive through Claire to, to go. So I've seen this hotel like a million times. So in Michigan... It's the fall is very beautiful here. It's the, the we have lots of trees. The colors change, and it's just a beautiful, a beautiful drive when you go up anywhere in Michigan, even around where I live uh, in Lower Southeast Michigan. So it's really, really beautiful. A lot of people do like trips up north to see the leaves, uh, but the this is Mid Michigan. So a lot of people kind of go in this area. And Claire, they have a really good place. Um, it's called. Uh, Cops and Donuts. <laughs> Side note, this is not spooky, but it's like amazing. And they have so much cool merch. And I just, I'm obsessed with Cops and Donuts. Like every time we're up there, we have to go to Cops and Donuts. They, their donuts are so, so good. It's just a really fun place to go. They're like well known. Like everybody knows about Cops and Donuts in Michigan, I feel like. So it's just fun. So in, in Claire, in this area, it's actually not too far down from. Uh, Cops and Donuts, there's a historical hotel called the Dowtry Hotel. It was built in 1924 by former Senator Alfred James Dowtry, a friend of the automobile magnet Henry Ford. If you don't know, Henry Ford is from Michigan. He is essentially the founder of Ford Motor Company, and it's huge. That's It's just a huge... We have a lot of car companies here. I work for one of them, and... It's just incredible. So very, very cool. Since it's been about a, it's been around for about a hundred years, right? At this time, because we're in 2022, uh, that the family that family has owned and operated this hotel the whole time. So during Prohibition, uh, in the in the 20s or so, it was a, a speakeasy and a meeting place for the mafia, and which is so weird because like I don't really think of Michigan having a mafia. But apparently we did. Um, so lots of illegal, illicit activities happened. Uh, and there is a famous gang outside of, from outside of Detroit uh, called the Purple Gang. So a little history on the Purple Gang um, that I, I figured, why not look it up, right? So it's also known as the Sugar House Gang. It was a mob of bootleggers and hijackers. 
comprised predominantly of Jewish gangsters, uh, operated in Detroit, Michigan during the 20s of the Prohibition era and came to be known as Detroit's dominant criminal gang. And they kind of ended up destroying themselves because uh, of excessive violence and, you know, infighting amongst the, the members. So if you don't know, um, Michigan or in general, a lot of places prohibited the sale of liquor and that actually Michigan did this right before the actual national prohibition. Uh, among the supporters of this were Henry Ford and he he owned the River Rouge plant and he wanted a sober workforce. So he backed this act and uh, which essentially prohibited the, virtually all position manufacturing and sale of alcohol. So Detroit is, if you don't know, uh, Detroit, Michigan is actually really close to Ohio. So bootleggers and that would bring it up and import it from Toledo where it was still legal. And they also smuggled in uh, liquor in from Canada. Uh, judges took a pretty, they were pretty lenient on offenders. And eventually the, the act that was put in place uh, was declared unconstitutional by the state Supreme Court. Eventually, the 18th, uh, in 1920, the 18th Amendment was adopted and the prohibition took effect all, in all of the United States. Canada, which is ports is, there's a port city, it's called Windsor in Ontario, right? I mean, literally across the street. I've seen Windsor, I've never been to Windsor, but whenever I've been downtown in Detroit, I can, you can literally see Windsor. Uh, big spot, became a really big spot for smuggling alcohol into the United States. The uh, Canadian government had also banned the use of alcoholic beverages, but still approved and like and licensed distilleries and breweries to manufacture and then export alcohol. So the rise of the purple gang, purple gang, uh, they were just petty thieves, uh, extortionists, but they kind of quickly possess progressed into the armed robbery, truck hijacking, and they kind of just overcame a lot of the neighborhood gangsters and they gained a lot of notoriety uh the riot oh my gosh <laughs> essentially they became really popular because of everything they were very uh they were described as being very savage um and they imported gangsters from other cities to work as the quote-unquote muscle for the gang uh there were various theories on why they ended up being called the purple gang um, one version says that a member of the gang was a boxer who wore purple shorts during his like fights. Another was that the name came from a conversation between two, two shopkeepers. Um, quote, the, these boys are not like other children of their age. They're tainted off color. Yes. Replied the other shopkeeper. They're rotten purple, like the color of bad meat. They're the purple gang. So Nine, also, it was also known that in 1929, there were 25,000 illegal saloons. That's a lot of saloons in just Detroit. Um, so there was a large business for bootleggers, including, you know, the, the Purple Gang. The gang become hijack, became hijackers and gained a reputation for stealing alcohol cargoes of older and more established criminal gangs. Purple Gang also employed gangs for raw labor and transport. 
they actually enlisted, it was called the Little Jewish Navy to carry alcohol over the Detroit River from Canada before selling it themselves. There was also the notorious Chicago gangster, if you don't know, Al Capone, was uh, against expanding his his things into Detroit. So he became, became uh, a business accommodation uh, with the Purple Gang, uh, essentially a, like a, almost like a treaty, so they didn't like start a, a war, a gang war. For several years, they had the gang was very prosperous of selling Canadian risk whiskey to that Capone uh, organization in Chicago. They were involved in other criminal actions, such as uh, kidnapping other gangsters for ransom, which was very popular during this time. And the FBI even suspected that they were involved in the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. The By the late 20s, Purple Gang re, uh, regained supreme over the underworld in Detroit, controlling vice, which is like the police, gambling, liquor, drug trade, everything. Uh, they ran a local wire service, uh, providing like horse racing information to local horses, uh, horse betting people in different places. Uh, parlors. They were very involved with a lot of infamous uh, mobsters. Abe Bernstein was a friend of Meyer Langston and Joe Atornis, who owned uh, several Miami gambling casinos in his later years. They also hijacked uh, prize fight films, forced movie theaters to show them for a high fee. They defrauded insurance companies, staging fake accidents. And essentially, they were actually known for like 500 murders in the city, just the gang. So it's kind of crazy. So as the gang kind of got bigger and they had a lot of influence in the area, they were hiring themselves out as hitmen. And they took part in the Cleaners and uh, Dyers War. The Purple Gang profited from the Detroit laundry industries, unions and associations. They were hired to keep union members in line and to harass non-union people. There was bombing, there was arson, theft, murder, anything for them to kind of enforce the union policy. Uh, Abe Axler and Eddie Fletcher were reputably imported from New York City to take part in this scheme, uh, but other places said that they were from Detroit, so I don't know. In 1927, nine members of the Purple Gang, uh, Abe Bernstein, Raymond Bernstein, Irving Milberg, Eddie Fletcher, Joe Miller, Irving Shaparo, Abe Clemesty, Abe, Abe was apparently a very popular name, Abe Axler and Simon Axler were arrested and charged with conspire, uh, conspiracy to extort money from Detroit's uh, wholesale cleaners and dryers. They were eventually acquitted of all the charges. Once again, they had a huge influence in this area. Harry Rossman was president and owner of all of these, the, the famous cleaners and dryers in Detroit. Lots of notoriety for being a key witness in against these people. And the prosecution alleged that there was extortion activities against Detroit business areas, uh, businesses during the time uh, there was a violent showdown known as the cleaner and dryers war uh this hairy guy he 
hairy guy. Uh, he testified that the Purple Gang asked $4,000 per week for his and other clean areas for protection, which is, I feel like, pretty normal against uh, different things. Uh, I think this is just going to become a Purple Gang episode because there's a lot of information that I'm finding. So, yeah, but we will get back to why they are influenced back into the Doe Tree Hotel. I just found a lot of information about the Purple Gang. So there was a mob war soon um, that they, there was a, between like Italian, Irish, and Jewish bootleggers in the area. They fought a vicious turf war and in 27, in 1927, three people were killed. The, the deceased men had been brought into Detroit as hired assassins for the Purple Gang and the motive for the motor uh the murder was believed to be essentially a retaliation because someone's double crossed someone they took place in an apartment leased by the purple gang and their prime they were some different prime suspects for the slain uh there was a lot of questioning but no one was ever convicted um, and these murders were actually reported the first use of a submachine gun in detroit underworld slain there was another massacre. Uh, it's called St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Purple Gang was suspected of taking part in the St. Valentine's Massacre in Chicago on February 13th, 1929. Aim Bernstein uh, called Bugs Morin to tell him that he had, that a hijacked load of booze was on its way to Chicago. Uh, so Bugs, he was in the middle of a turf war with Al Capone. He had only kind of recently started trusting Abe Bernstein, uh, who had recently been kind of a chief of, cause right. They had like a relationship with Al Capone. The, you know, he was a chief supplier for Canadian liquor. Next day, instead of delivering the load of liquor, four men, two in police uniforms went to North SMC Cartage of North Clark street. Essentially that's where like bugs kind of hung out and opened fire with uh, Tommy guns or Thompson submachine guns. They killed seven guys, and then um, this became known as the St. Valentine's Day murder. Uh, several witnesses and some physical evidence uh, imper implicated somebody um, about it, but he nobody was ever nobody was ever charged for it. Another massacre, <laughs> Purple Gang. What? Uh, right, they were just terrorizing they were doing executions in the street there was a police officer that was killed uh vivian welsh in 1927 he was later revealed to be a dirty cop who was uh trying to ex uh ex extort um extort my bad brain like i said wasn't working great today from the purple gang uh also the gang was also accused of murdering Jerry Buckley in 1930. He was a really well-known radio figure in the in the lobby of a downtown hotel where the Purples were involved with, eh, you know, they, it was kind of disputed if they were involved because it was actually more suspected that a Sicilian mob did it. No one was ever charged and both remain unsolved. In 1931, another gang disputed uh, a dispute ended in the murder of three purples by Chicago gangsters who had been imported to Detroit to help out the purple gang. The three men, oh, hello, Rogie, baby dog. The th He's going to drink very loudly. I'm not going to edit this out. It's just my life. 
This happens when I'm trying to be on work calls. Everything. You good? You, you thirsty? Oh, hello. Oh, hello, sir. <laughs> uh... So the three men, there's three guys, um, the ones that were killed, had violated an underworld code by operating outside of the territory. <laughs> now he's sneezing. <laughs> uh, allotted to them by the Purple Gang uh, leader leadership. So there's three guys. Uh, they were lured um, to one of, has a racial slur as his nickname, so I'm not going to go through the names. But they were lured to a uh, apartment in Collingwood Avenue uh, in September of 1931. They believed they were going to a peace conference with the Purple... Rory. Baby. <laughs> Rory. You guys, this is a fun little <laughs> mid-recording. Freak out by the dog. He's just playing, but uh, okay, so these three guys, they were lured to an apart uh, apartment. They thought they were going in for this little conference. And after just a brief little conversation, uh, they were gunned down. And authorities caught up with the gang, and they burst into somebody's apartment, and they found all three. Uh, they found three the suspects, three of them, playing cars. Um, There's a couple other people that were also arrested. So three uh, high-ranking purples were convicted of those people, so Urban Millsburg, Harry Keywell, and Raymond, Raymond Bernstein, just ignore the dog, <laughs> were convicted of the the first-degree murder in that manner massacre, massacre, and they were sentenced to life in per, uh, prison. Bernstein, Millsburg, and Keywell were accompanied by police officers, officers on a special Pullman train bound to Michigan's Upper Peninsula to begin serving these sentences at a max security place in Marquette, Michigan. Uh, there was another suspect. He was on the run until like a year later, but he was never convicted with anything in connection to the massacre. Later, he did end up serving time in Jackson Prison, uh, the world's largest walled prison in the early 50s for some armed robberies in Oakland County uh, and a gambling house, which is funny because that's very close to me. And according to the Detroit Police Chief of Detectives, James E. McCarty, the convictions uh, broke. They they this conviction was essentially what broke the back of the Purple Gang, and essentially kind of bringing down. They were just they were just bad. So for many years, right? They were the Purple Gang. This is kind of their downfall. Uh, they felt like they had complete uh, immunity from the police interfering with their stuff. Uh, as witnesses to crimes were terrified, they didn't want to testify against them. They became more arrogant and sloppy, as as we've seen with even like serial killers and stuff. They get sloppy over time because they think they're untouchable. Uh, they dressed very flamboyantly. They went to all those city night spots, and they were well known to the public, right? They, they people knew who they were. Uh, they lived in big houses, uh, and there was just like this romantic aura around them um, that this really distinguished them from other gangs in the area. Lots of jealousy, lots of ego issues, and just inter-gang quarrels eventually led the gang to collapse. Uh, the police eventually moved moved against them as gang members became essentially leaving behind too much evidence. 
So Philip Keywell had already been convicted for the murders earlier, and Joe Bernstein and Abe Bernstein, uh, both, you know, giving um, lengthy prisons after they actually ended up getting uh, escaping of significant jail time through intimidation and corrupt officials. Different waves of bloodier and previous infighting ensued with the aggressive high-ranking members Abe Axler and Eddie Fletcher getting shot dead. The one-time partial boss, there wasn't like a really, there wasn't like a hierarchy. Uh, Henry Shore was killed in further interfighting. They ended up, a lot of the gangsters drifted away. They fleed Detroit um, because other members were getting executed by fellow members or rival gang members. Uh, Lots of people ended up getting in prison. And uh, eventually there was a rival Sicilian gang in the area they competed with the Purples, and they eventually decided to eliminate them. Um, the gang kind of diminished in capacity, uh, but the predecessors of Detroit's modern-day mafia stepped in and filled the voids as the Purple Gang ultimately self-destructed. So this became a lot more about the Purple Gang, but I wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit because it does have to do with our spooky place. So... Regardless, let's get back to the Dotree Hotel. So, like we said, they terrorized. Purple Gang terrorized Southeast Michigan in general, especially Detroit. And their criminal enterprises did stretch outside to this mid-Michigan area. Claire, cops and donuts, go back. Um, So actually one of the one of the most notorious murders, Michigan's most notorious murders occurred here in 1938 when Isaiah Lee Bohr, uh, he was a former Purple Gang attorney turned into a Purple Gang businessman, was shot dead by his cousin and business partner, Jack Livingston. So lots of cases of and accounts of hauntings have been reported at the Doucher Hotel. Guests report hearing unexplained knocking, along with uh, ghostly apparitions that lock and unlock doors. Some say that Isaiah will, is still in the Doucher Hotel, along with his family matri- matriarch, his grandmother, or Helen, Grandma Doucher. So, mostly about the Purple Gang. <laughs> but uh, I just felt like it was relevant. So, I guess this is not spooky places, but spooky place with gang-related activities. <laughs> um but you never know, right? You just kind of go off. I started kind of looking up the Purple Gang stuff and I was like, wow, that's kind of actually super interesting. Let me talk about that. And then I just kept talking and talking and talking. I was just kind of reading a lot through the Wikipedia page uh, as I was kind of recording. So it's pretty much from the Wikipedia page, but I'll link it. So I don't want to get copyrighted, but here we are. So this is my life now, and this is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but this this is what happens when you find more information. But I will post everything in the source materials. If we will do more just kind of like haunted short little things next week, unless I get sidetracked by another thing. But I wanted to talk about the Purple Gang, so this will probably be a Purple Gang and the Doughtry Hotel thing. Uh, I, I've never heard of the Purple Gang before this episode, so I'm excited for you to all learn about it. It's scary because this is like very close to my 
house and living area so uh yeah so thank you so much for tuning into this not spooky story and actually just one spooky kind of story and a gang that happened back in the 20s but you know we out here <laughs> uh if you're interested in uh follow me on social media you can find me at crime obsessed dog mom on pretty much all social media tiktok instagram a little bit of everything and uh, I hope you keep listening. I hope you in, are enjoying my episodes. This one's a little bit more scattered than usual, but that's just where my brain is today. And we, oh, we're all out here. Uh, I'm hoping that this episode actually puts us over 700 downloads. We're like super close. I think there's like 25 people that consistently listen every week. Y'all are rock stars and I freaking love you. I love you. <laughs> uh so we hopefully you know i'd be i'd love to get to over a thousand by the end of the year i i need to probably crank out some better content but this is just this is just who i am y'all and i appreciate y'all being here for the ride and yeah so thank you so much find me on my social medias i will put all of my researchy stuff uh, about the purple gang about the daughtry hotel any of that stuff out on into the source materials uh stay crew crew words are so hard today sunday uh <laughs> uh stay true crime obsessed love on your animals and i will holla at you all next week